Um, how are you? Well, I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, I mean, I hope I can give you so, some information. I, my reluctancy to, uh, I don't do uh, many interviews because pretty much uh, everything I've done in the past, I've said everything already. <laughs> uh, so it's... Uh, well, maybe I can ask you some things that nobody's ever asked you before. You could try. Sure. Okay. I, I mean, I really want to know more about you. I mean, everybody knows about David, but not many people know about Sam Hyman. So... But I do know that the fans are going to want me to ask some questions about David, or they're just going to scream at me if I don't. So I can, I'll can i get those out of the way first. They're probably ones that you have already answered already. Um, okay. And if just answer them to the best of your ability or however you want to answer them. Okay, Sam, or just say pass. You know, I don't remember right. that one. <laughs> but uh, first of all, I'll just jump in. Um, first question is, Sam, can you just tell us um, how you met David? Uh, we met through a, uh, a mutual friend, uh, my best friend in grade school, grammar school, uh, became friends with David in uh, the seventh grade at a junior high. I didn't go to that junior high. I went to a different one out of district for a couple of years. And we were introduced by uh, this friend. You know, we didn't become best friends right away. Uh, but, you know, friendship was developed over time. Oh, well, how nice. Uh, and you and David had a lot of similarities in your life, didn't you? Like you were both, I think, what, born on this, the same year, both on a Wednesday, and your fathers, you had some similarities with them as well. Can you tell us about that? I guess let's see. Well, yeah, we were born the same year, uh, although he was six weeks older. Um, <laughs> let's see. Both of our fathers were named Jack. There's one that I don't think people know. That's interesting, yeah. Uh, and both of our fathers died young. Yes. Okay. I knew that. Okay. Um, were their personalities any what in, similar in any way? No, I, no? I don't think so. You okay. Know, I mean, I didn't know uh, his father that well. Uh, I mean, he was a uh, probably one of the most charismatic men I've ever been around. Uh, and it could have just been where I was uh, maturity-wise and uh, life experience-wise at that time. But uh, uh, Jack Cassidy was a... Uh, dashing debonair human being that uh, was very impressive. He lit up a room when he walked into it. Yes, I've, I've heard that. So that's that's kind of nice to hear you confirm that. Um, okay, so Sam, what was it like to be friends with David Cassidy? Well, um, I, what's it like? I mean, well, first of all, <laughs> David was not uh, a famous person when we became friends. I mean, we were... Uh, you know, we became closer during high school, mm -hmm. uh, high school years, and, uh, you know, get into trouble together. You know, we both smoked, we were both short and smoked cigarettes, so that's, I think, was our bonding. Uh, and, you know, we got in, you know, got into trouble as, uh, as young, young boys becoming, or trying to become men. <laughs> uh, and, uh, it wasn't, in, you know, I mean, once he became, uh, once fame came in, to the picture I, I mean it changed things as far as his lifestyle went uh it didn't change our relationship at all how did it change uh, your lifestyle well we obviously i you know i did the merchandising and concert for him so it, it allowed me to uh, travel around the world uh we lived in a pretty nice house you know we went from uh mattresses on the floor and orange crates or furniture to uh you know a grown-up house uh very quickly 
And, uh, but, uh, you know, there's a lot, a big price to pay for all of that. Yeah. So would you say that the house you lived in in Laurel Canyon would be the most fun time you had together before all the fame hit? Ooh, it, it, it's, it's subjective, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was more innocent fun. You know, you at that point, we were both struggling and striving uh, to move up the ladder yeah. of success. And uh, he, he got on the elevator <laughs> and it went real quick. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, it actually made us closer because uh, when that happens, a big team, you know, is put together around a person like that. You know, you got publicity agents and managers and agent agents and all sorts of stuff. And uh, and people are with you, uh, you know, as long as you're a hit, <laughs> right. successful, right. you know. And uh, I, you know, was with him no matter what, you know, the ups and the downs, you know, over the... 53 54 years that we were friends that is so that's just amazing you know a lot of friends don't last that long I mean a lot of them don't I mean I was good friends with my high school uh girlfriend for for years and then we just drifted apart so that's amazing Sam yeah well I've drifted you know we drifted apart as well uh when it started to happen for him uh and we saw the trajectory uh, on the teen magazines uh you know I had said to David, I said, hey, you know, our friends are going to think you're pretty lame uh, becoming a teen idol because uh, that's not, <laughs> we were kind of bad boys in high school. And, uh, <laughs> and, and he, uh, you know, I said, but this is, a, you know, it's an opportunity of a lifetime. It certainly was. And, and I'm with you. I got your back. And, uh, but you know, understand we're going to take flack from our friends. And we did on, on a lot of levels. And then as he, his fame grew, it was amazing how many friends came back in er, to the fold. Well, that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. People are attracted, you know, people want to be around famous people, uh, for whatever reason. Yeah. That's, that is very true, isn't it? I mean, that brings me to my next question. I, I know he had a lot of crazy fans. And they would do anything they could to, to get near him or talk to him or touch him. Did they ever try to go through you to get to him? And if they did, do you have like some funny story to share? Um, God, I, I just, uh, I, I can't remember if it was Cleveland. There was a, a concert uh, where <clears throat> I got rushed i was recognized and then i got rushed and pinned against a wall oh my and it was it, it was uh it was frightening oh i got frightening see the fan i did a i did i dictated <laughs> i spoke to uh tiger beat magazine once a month i had an article that ran monthly they would just interview me for it right. they would write it <clears throat> i didn't do the actual scribing but uh you know, it was like living with David by his roommate, Sam. Yeah. And so, uh, so people knew who I was. They could recognize, because my pictures were in there as well. So I had a modicum of fame <laughs> in, in that. Uh, I, I remember the, Cle- I think it was Cleveland, because it scared the hell out of me. Um, and, uh, and where was it? 
Oh, it was Madison Square Garden. I uh, I got to I got to be the decoy in the limo leaving the. <laughs> oh, I bet uh, that was stadium. scary. <laughs> and uh, it, the you know the limo got surrounded, and they started climbing on it, and you know the roof started to come in. Oh my! I, mean, I thought I was going to be crushed to death, and uh, you know by the time they cleared uh, cleared the kids off, um, he was long gone. You know, he wow. was out in the laundry truck or something. I can't remember. But uh, that, you know, so that's what he had to live with during that, the height of his, his fame. Yeah, I mean, and, I think that uh, was the concert he described that they had to take him to an, a, a hotel outside, like in Queens area, that was a trashy place. Yeah, and, it was like a $2 a night hotel. Yeah. I don't know the, the exact dollar amount. Yeah. But it was, uh, well, you know, flea bag, uh, you know, a place you probably rent by the hour. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I imagine that was pretty scary. And I also heard that they had turned over several limousines, so you were lucky you weren't in one of those, I'm sure. I did, you know, I don't know if that really happened. I mean, you you say that. I don't recall that. Oh, you it don't? May have happened, That's interesting. You know? Okay. You know, it's... Uh, that could be I a mean, myth. They, yeah, you know, they, they take a life, uh, they take on a life of their own. Yeah. <laughs> Myths, you know, and, it's uh, and they just keep growing and growing. And, hey, well, you in the limo that got destroyed? What got to, and it may have, you know, because you know this is fifty plus years ago. I think right. It's and, been a while. It's been a way and, back, <laughs> ways back. I mean, I do know that. I mean, the concert was one of the highlights of his touring. You know, I mean, the the pinnacle of it. I you know standing there toward the back or in the middle with his mom, you know, both of our eyes teared up, Aww. you know, because it was like, for the first two songs, it was just flash. In those days, you had little Instamatic cameras, uh, you didn't have phones. Right. And uh, people were just flashing pictures. It was like a strobe light show, you know, and there there was, uh, you know, her son and, and my buddy, you know, up there on, on the stage. It was like, wow, he's made it, you yeah, know. That would be amazing to, to witness. Very amazing. Yeah, to, to get to share it, you know, and, uh, you know, and then he's sitting in some crappy motel, you know, with dirty sheets and sweaty and, you know, he probably didn't even, I don't even know if he showered there, you know, because it might have been too grimy. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to, that's for sure. <laughs> you, know, it's like, and, uh, you know, I guess he did that for security reasons, but. Uh, right. That, uh I hope that answered your question. Yeah, it sure did. It sure did. Um, do you, you know, do you think that he was a very misunderstood singer or musician by the industry? Um. Well, absolutely, especially as time progressed, because um, he got better. Yes, his you know, albums uh, he made after the Partridge Family—they were phenomenal. Uh, and uh, he just, be, you know, he became a, a consummate pro, professional musician, as well as a singer and a celebrity. Uh, and, you know, at the beginning, I mean, when you say misunderstood, because he made this, this pop stuff, which is well-produced. Right. You know, it's good stuff, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, but, uh, you know, that's why our friends and, and I think the industry thought of his lane. You know, because it was just, oh, you're just being, you know, you're a pretty face just popping out this stuff. And uh, so he had to prove himself. And, 
you know, it took me took me years till I really respected him as a musician. That's interesting, Sam. Okay. You know, I mean that. Uh, in fact, it was 2012. He came by. Uh, he was doing a meet and greet at a restaurant, my restaurant. Uh, my wife and I just opened and uh, he had done a concert the night before that I went to and he took uh, somebody said something from the audience which sparked something and he it reminded him of a song and he started kind of like humming the song and then kind of remembering words to it it never had performed the song and then the band as he was singing came in Oh. You know, first the piano and then the drum very lightly and then the bass. And then they performed the song. And I went, wow, that's that's a true musician. That's like a jazz musician extemporaneously can just go and do yeah. it. And, uh, you know, and I've confirmed that with his uh, musical director, <clears throat> Craig, who said they didn't rehearse because David wanted it to be on the edge all the time of creating wow that is really interesting too that's that's what jazz musicians do you know they're 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 in the moment create they're not rehearsing it where they're just you know because what happens you just start phoning in you know you're just going through the motions right and you're not there uh emotionally yeah exactly yeah, I, so, I think he did a great job of always keeping it fresh. Yes, I agree. And he had so, that jazzy, bluesy kind of voice. He Anything he sang in that, you know, genre was just amazing. Yeah, no, he, uh, he, he, he was a very talented singer, you know, as well, you know. But it came, came so quick, you know, and, and he knew kind of what to do because, you know, he idolized his father. Right. And, uh, but he, he wanted to be a, a serious musician, serious actor. And it was very hard for him to break, uh, yeah. the teen, the teenage mole, you know, <laughs> a lot had to do with his looks, you know? Right. Exactly. So if he, if he were ugly, he might've done better, huh? <laughs> Well, yeah, or maybe he was able to grow a full beard or, you know, do yeah. something different. You know, I mean, uh, he, you know, he had a pretty face. Yeah. Was he, he able to grow a beard? A little, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, his mustache would be kind of sparse. That's why I, you know, I was able to, you know, grow a full beard, you know, when I was 16 years old. So I was always the one sent in to buy beer. <laughs> right. uh, you know, and uh, I didn't didn't succeed all the time. You know, sometimes they'd say, "And can I see your idea?" Oh, I left it in the car. You know that line, right? And we and we boogie to the next liquor store until someone <laughs> sold us a six pack of beer. But uh, uh, that's funny. So you were probably like this older guy that looked like he was traveling around with this young kid. <laughs> well, I didn't really. You know, I didn't look that old. Uh, you know, it's just you know and. For a while, I was totally clean shaven, and so uh, yeah, we looked about the same age. Okay, yeah. okay, good, good enough. I noticed that he had a lot of trouble with record companies folding um, and getting his music to played on the radio. Do you have any idea why that was? It just bad luck, or 
I, well, I think it was the, the nature of the business back then. You know, the uh, was it the A and R people? I'm trying to remember the the terms people that would go out to get you on the radio, mm-hmm. and uh, they would have all oh, the playlists were were short. You know, thirty, forty songs maybe, and so there was a lot of. Uh, probably payola going on and uh yeah people were you know they were reluctant to him once partridge family kind of went away you know the tv exposure wasn't there and it was like no i'm not going to play right teeny bobber guy he's done you know and uh I, i believe that's maybe what happened you know why why it was a problem or they yeah they weren't willing to uh, put the resources behind it i put that in quotes because I wasn't involved in that part of the uh, his business. I really wasn't involved in his business at all, okay, uh, except okay. for the, the, merchandising, the merchandising. You know, yeah. okay, yeah, and uh, and that was only in concert because that that way he, he could make a little bit of money uh, because it was hard to collect money from the record companies, from what I understand. You know, they write off everything, you know, so they, they'd be living a high life on your dime. Oh, wow. Is how I think it worked. You know, I mean, you'd sell a million records and they'd go, yeah, but we paid these 20 people and all of the dinners that they had with the, the radio places gets written off. Yeah. On uh, your, on your right. <laughs> expense, I think is how it works. So it's the same thing that, uh, oh, actors used to complain about with uh, when they get a piece of the movie. Oh. And the movie will gross a lot of money and they don't see a dime, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, we had a lot of expenses. And so, yeah, I think I'd heard that, that singers do not make money off the records. Their money, it comes from the concerts. That's why they do the concerts. Yeah. Comes from the concerts and comes from publishing. If you write the songs. Oh, true. Very true. That's where the, that's where the money and that gets maybe regulated better. Now, I don't know with this, the streaming and all the stuff now or clicks and all this, you know, the ways the modern music industry is uh, from musicians I've talked to that have had minor successes. And uh, it, it's point zero 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 one or something every time it's streamed or and it you know so it's like well yeah it was downloaded two hundred thousand times and i've made twelve hundred dollars on it or whatever you know it's like you can't make a living on you know you're not uh going to the mailbox every week and going yahoo so uh but that's where you know publishing is where it's it's where it is it's at it's what dolly pardon always said (laughs) yeah and mike nesmith of the monkeys oh true Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, you know, I mean, that's why if you're a singer songwriter and become successful, i.e. like a Taylor Swift. Right. Or Ed Sheeran, those type of people. Oh, my gosh. Right. <laughs> yeah, she's scary. Yeah. yeah, Taylor Swift is set for life for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so were you able to talk to David before he passed? Like when he was in the hospital, were you able to call him and talk to him before? Uh, not, no, I, I was not able. Uh, my last communication with him was, uh, was texting about 10 days before he died. Uh, we had spoken when he had gotten out of the hospital in Chicago and he was on his way back to Florida. And, uh, 
that's when his organs were had actually started to shut down. Right. And they had him on medication and stuff. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, and he sounded horrible. And, uh, you know, then he got to Florida and we, you know, we maintained contact, you know, through texting. He'd go, ah, they took me off the meds. I'm getting better. Boom. And then he died. Oh, my. Yeah. So it was. uh, I'm glad you got to talk to him at least during that time. A little bit, yeah, you know. But, uh, yeah, no, I wish I had been there uh, at the time, but unfortunately I didn't get get out in time. Yeah. Well, about let's turn the uh, interview more towards you, Sam. Can you tell us about yourself? Mm. <laughs> uh, gosh. There's, I've had, uh, you know, I'm a jack of all trades and a master of none. <laughs> uh, you know, over, uh, you know, my adult life, which started at 19, because that's when we moved out. We were 19 years old. Uh, I've done so many different things uh, throughout my my careers. And it's, uh, and some of it's been extraordinary. You know, obviously my uh, time with David when during his the height of his career is one of the the highlights of my life. You know, people that we got to meet, people that I still meet today. You know, are you still friends uh, with some there. of them? Are you still friends with some of the people that was in that in those circles that you were traveling with David at that time? Um, not really. No, uh, it's uh, how should I say? The people that that we toured with, no. Uh, I mean, if I when I if I contacted them, they would remember me. Like I uh, oh, got to uh, connect with uh, Henry Diltz recently, about a year ago. Yes, maybe a year and a half ago at this point, uh, and and it came through. I had uh, befriended a musician here locally. And uh turns out that uh, Henry Dilt shot his first album cover back in the 70s. And, you know, I was able on his 70th birthday to, uh, through Henry's archivist, uh, to get pictures signed by Henry and framed that I could give to this musician, How like nice. a flash of a pass. You know, like here you are at 21 years old or 22 <laughs> or whatever he was. And, uh, you know, and Henry and I did a, uh, it was for the, I think I love you animal foundation. You wouldn't call it a podcast cause it was on video. Yeah. I think I saw and, that. And, yes. And they were auctioning things. Uh, I, I don't know the term for it, but, uh, you know, Henry and I shared shared the screen together as we were reminiscing or doing whatever we were talking about. And Henry remembered me, and I, of course, I would never forget Henry. Right. Uh, you know, and uh, so that it, it's not that like we we speak all the time or anything like that. But um, I'm just I'm trying to think. No, there's. Uh, but it, I'm trying to think of who recently, when I say recently, like within the last year or so, that I may have met that I wouldn't have met had it not been for uh, my association with David. And, uh, I mean, there were a ton of people back in the day, you know. But right. I'm not, 
don't have to name drop all these people, but, it, you know, a lot of it was, uh, it's like, it was highlights, you know, the people that I, I admired and idolized, you know, was kind of, and were fans of, it's like, oh my God, you know, because fame attracts fame. Yes. Yes, it does. Well, that, you know, I've always have been fascinated with Laurel Canyon and all the musicians that lived there and that time and that era. Were they all still there when you and David were living there? Oh, yeah, but we weren't part of that crowd. We weren't cool enough, um, <laughs> it, we, you know, which is true, because we only lived there for a year. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, you know, Stephen Stills and Graham Nash and the the Monkees and Linda Ronstadt and that whole era, Jackson Brown, just this era of brilliant writers and musicians. Oh, I know. And How they were all more accomplished than David as musicians at that time and then once the partridge family hit because no one knew he could sing even when they signed him for the partridge family and right. so all of a sudden he says no i can sing and they t- he talks him into letting him lay down the vocals for i think i love you and boom all of a sudden it's like okay you're a pop star you're a teeny bopper <laughs> pop star and so you know the the cool kids didn't didn't let us play with them <laughs> 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 but he soon got to a place, like you said, where they all started. Well, this is cool. Let's because I know he did stuff with America. He, you know, a lot of the albums he oh, did yeah. later on, and you know some of the other. He, he hooked up with America, and he got you know, and people that he met, not hung with a lot, but got to spend some time with, you know, uh, you know, from like Paul McCartney and George Michael, and just the who's who of uh, David Bowie. You know, people that he respected and admired a lot, you know, and, you know, it's like, God, I, you know, I had uh, had dinner with David Bowie or whatever it was. And, you know, trying, you know, because he was kind of he was hoping to hook up with somebody that would go, let me produce you. Right. Let's make a new sound for you. Let's make a new. And I think they tried Mm -hmm. some of them. You know, I think he did something with George Michael in England. I'm not sure. Uh, And, uh, you know, it never never clicked. It didn't rub off, uh, unfortunately, because, I mean, they, they, many of them knew, could see his talent and probably wanted to be part of it. It's like, gosh, if I can help resurrect him. Right, right. Uh, Well, as he had such a huge following, I mean, that was nothing small to, you know, shake your head at. Yeah, no, he was uh, he was a, a huge star. I mean, it's it, we used to talk about how frightening it would be if it happened today uh, with social media, with right. what it is and right. how how it works. I don't know if we would have survived. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> exactly. really. I mean, because we were at least able somehow able to hide or get a you know go under the radar. Or, uh, where now it's like, you know, you can't sneeze without people saying you're going to the hospital with pneumonia. Exactly. And it's it, it's just so hard. Ment- I, it was hard enough for him mentally. And then in today's climate, I think it would have broken or me, you know, <laughs> yes. both of us. You know, I mean, you know, would we have survived? Would we have gotten into drugs even more? You know, you don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they say that even today that nobody has gotten to that height of fame that David had back in 1970 as 
you know, even not even Justin Bieber has gotten to that place. So uh, it's uh, apparently, yeah. You know, I mean, his he had uh, his fan club was like a quarter of a million people or something, which was bigger than the Beatles or Elvis, which I found you know you find hard to believe. I know, uh, and uh, you know, he always, you know, once once he got on board with it, you know, when it was like okay. I'm doing this <laughs> and I'm going to be the biggest there is. He, you know, he believed in it. He believed in himself, you know, and you know, it's kind of like, how do you, how, you know, how do you get that kind of confidence? Right. When you're not, you haven't been doing it that long. You're not that, you know, he wasn't a virtuoso. He wasn't uh, a prodigy, you know, uh, musically, you know, that was like, oh, yeah, he's doing concerts at four years old. He was playing <laughs> right. Mozart, you know. Uh, it's like, and his, you know, his guitar talent stuff was basic at the time, you know, it took, but he kept at it for years and years and years and practicing and getting better and better, you know. And then also, I guess, the experience of Broadway and the musicals he did. Well, she was excellent at those too. So it was, uh, yeah, he had a, a, obviously a storied career as far as so many ups and downs. Right. And, uh, you know, he'd always bounce back except, uh, toward, you know, toward the end here, he never, he didn't bounce back and he yeah. was only, you know, able to get four songs, uh, on that, uh, songs my father taught me. And what wonderful album that is to have. That was a cherished uh, gift to oh everyone God. as well, too. Oh, jeez. Uh, I mean, when I saw Craig at his memorial, uh, you know, he was crying and I'm hugging him, and I just whispered in his ear, I said, I don't know how much you were able to get or save or put together. I, 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 I want to hear it. Because I, I, know, I know what it meant to him. And he was able to put it together as a song, you know, right. a little bit from this take, a little bit from that take. Because you probably saw that documentary that was shot during yes. that time. Yes, that was. What was it, the last session or something like yeah, that? Yeah, the last uh, session. Yeah, it, that absolutely broke my heart. Oh, my God. I, I think too, it took me except, months to get over it. Except for the beginning. Yeah. Where uh, the only reason I consented to do that because... I was concerned. David kept laying on the problems he was having physically on Alzheimer's. Uh, and it's like, hey, that's not fair to the people that really have it Yeah, in a progressive sense. And, you know, I mean, what killed him was alcoholism. And uh, that's why I did that, because that's what I wanted to let people know, that you know, his organs shut down from the mm -hmm. disease of alcoholism. doesn't make him bad. There's no gazillion alcoholics. Absolutely. Around. It's not you his know? fault. Yeah. It's not his and, fault. Uh, and, but to understand that, maybe if there's one person that gets sober because of it, then, you know, right. great. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you recall at the beginning of the last session, he admits that. Yes. And they didn't, God, it was like a three hour interview with the camera rolling in. They they never let on that 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 he had done that because I kept going back you know, to that point you know and then all of a sudden this thing starts and he admitted it and it was like 
a relief for me. It was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Do you think that he thought he had it, that he did have Alzheimer's, though, in the beginning? Well, I think he he may have had the beginning stages of it. You know, I mean, his mother had it, his grandfather had it. And, you know, so he was obviously afraid of it. And he had done some testing. Did he go to the, uh, where was it, in Texas? Yes. He went, uh, you know, and, you know, they, whatever they do with it whether it's the doppler or whatever they could tell by the colors you know and the brain is transmitting and uh i think he may have had beginning stages of it but you know it's kind of like oh okay if you're there now's the time to exercise eat right you can exactly push it back (laughs) push it off and and look at the you know they're starting to come out with drugs you know and uh that slow it down and you give yourself a shot, you know, and, uh, but obviously he, uh, he kept, uh, you know, kept drinking to where the point where once the liver and kidney shut down, it's pretty much over. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's very, very sad ending. Very, very sad ending. You want to just go back. All of us just want to go back and rewrite it, you know, to oh, save yeah, him. Me too. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, and we had, God, we had discussed it, you know, I used to say, damn it, David, I said, my biggest fear is that I'm going to be watching the news and find out you had died in the bathtub like Whitney Houston. Oh, my, yeah. And he would go, no, nah, not me, you know, I don't have a drinking problem. It's like, oh, bullshit, you know. (laughs) So how, did he deny it pretty much all the way to the end? No, toward the end, he knew he 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 had it uh but there was quite a period where he denied it and uh you know it's like hey you know in fact when he called me from chicago at the airport when he was on his way back to florida and he sounded terrible i said something to him uh like well david i hope this is your bottom Mm. i hope you realize it you know because that's the only way you're going to get better you've got to say shit i can't do this anymore that's and maybe it might have been but it was too late wasn't it Uh, yes i you know i i uh, i can't say oh he never he didn't have a drink after that i don't know you know and it doesn't matter at this point right you know right i mean uh you know, I'm definitely not kicking him when he's down. Exactly. You know, like, oh, exactly. And, and and if he did, if he if he realized, yeah, you know, because you know, you hear you hear a lot of stuff. You know, when people are addicted, uh, you know, like okay, I, I'm in a program. You know, I'm going to Alcoholics Anonymous or I'm Narcotics Anonymous or whatever. You know, I'm working the steps. I've got a sponsor. What? And some people make it, and some don't. I know. It's it's um, I. I, I lived with somebody who was an alcoholic, a severe alcoholic, and um, I mean, really bad one, and uh, thought he would never change either. But he he did, and I don't know, uh, and he to this day does not, still does not drink. So I think you know what he told me was, you've got to find something that's more important to you than the alcohol. It's got to be more important to you that you will give it up completely, and not want to go back. And I, you know, some people get that, get to that place and some people don't. Yeah, it's, uh, I know when I run into people, you know, being in uh, the restaurant business and getting to uh, see a lot of live music uh, around, you know, if, uh, you know, you offer somebody a drink, 
and uh, and they'll say, oh, no, thanks. I drank enough in my youth to cover me the rest of my life. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. You know, it's like, yes. Yes. Oh, you know, come on, you can have one. No, yeah. it's like, okay. Yeah, you soda, you want those. coffee, what do you want? You know, but yeah. you don't try to force them into having a drink. Right. They need, they deserve respect when they give you a comment like that. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to talk about, um, you had mentioned the I Think I Love You Foundation, and, and I know that you are a supporter of that. You know, can you tell us, you know, what drove you to uh, want to support that that group? Well, um, who contacted me? Was it Annette? Uh, I'm tr- I can't remember who contact got in touch with me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, she told me who was involved. Well, and that's when we did that video podcast thing. And, you know, it's like, sure, I'll, su- I'll support this because of David's love for horses. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, you know, it's a way of, of honoring him in a way that I believe he would have been supportive of. Yes, you know? I think uh, so, too. Because there was, uh, I know they, fans put together a, a star in, on Las Vegas for him and, some have wanted to do it here in Hollywood, you know, the Walk of Fame here. And he was not into that. I knew he wasn't into that. And uh, that's why I did not go. I said, no, yeah. I respectfully. I understand it's it's for the fans. It's for you know, the they're fans, They're the ones yes. that want to yes. walk on the sidewalk and look right. down on it and laugh or cry or play his music or do it. You know, just when you walk. I grew up, we grew up in West L.A. near Hollywood. We lived near Hollywood, you know, where you walk on those streets a lot, you know, and you go, oh, look, there's, and you'd see some famous actor or whatever. And, uh, but, you know, it's something that's kind of arranged through the PR people and there's a cost to it. And it was kind of uh, a false award. Right. Yeah, and exactly, he, exactly. And he used to, you know, we had talked about it many times ago. Hell no, you know. He wasn't, you know, David had an ego like any big performer. Mm-hmm, exactly. But not when it, that kind of stuff. He, not even the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I take it. He didn't really care about that as well either, right? I think he, I don't know. Uh I think, you know, he never got, I don't think he was, was he ever nominated for a Grammy? I think he was for one song, maybe. Uh, it, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, he may have, I can't answer that for, for him, you know. I, uh, I think he may, you know, because the word rock and roll, but right. I don't know the the politics that goes into that. Well, uh, I know his, uh, I, I'm, I happen to get to know the executive producer on his uh, "Getting It in the Streets" album, mm-hmm. um, and he was trying to help me. And we were there for a while. We were thinking about trying to see what because he's gotten a couple of artists in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and he loved David. Wanted to see if we could get David in there. And then, you know, we finally decided that it wasn't a good idea because, you know, the politics, they it was so bad. It was really bad. And people were buying their way in. And he said this is – and people today don't really uh, have an appreciation for that award. You know, so a lot of musicians are not even accepting the award because of the way it's been being run. It's kind of like a, 
a men's club where they only get the people in that they like. And if they don't like you, you're not getting in. And so, didn't Dolly decline? Dolly did decline, and that's why she yeah. declined. And um, Alan Abrams is the person that I'm talking about, his executive producer um, for, uh-huh. for RCA on that album. He's also um, worked with Dolly as well, and he was the one who told me that, yeah, Dolly didn't really want the award, but they kept coming at her, and she finally said, okay. But I don't think it's, it's not, it doesn't have the prestigious tag to it that it used to have or if it even ever really did have because of the way they're uh-huh. getting people in. So we, we dropped it because of those reasons. Yeah, I, 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 and someone was telling me that he, it's beyond the, the, the years or something since his last record, or, and I, I didn't know there was a time limit on it. You know, I didn't know there was a time limit on it either. I thought you could get it as long as you want, I mean, as long as whenever. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know about that. I can't speak to that, but we decided not to do it because we realized that David if he were alive today, probably wouldn't want to go there because of how it's turned out. What it's if that's what it's evolved to, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, uh, you know, there, there's a gazillion awards yeah. <laughs> shows or museums or whatever. Yeah. You know, some, some have more clout than another, the others. Uh, I watched the Grammys this year. I think I knew two people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, you are. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I would know him either, Sam. But I'm from it, your era too. <laughs> it's, uh, but uh, you know, those are, you know, I guess you know, for fan, people that go to Cleveland, uh, one, I, my corporate headquarters for one of the companies I worked for was in Cleveland. Uh, so I would have to go to Cleveland occasionally. When I was there, I went. You know, and uh, I remember seeing the Osmonds were in there, but David wasn't. Well, they're not, I don't think the Osmonds are, they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, are they? I think they might have, did they have like a display in there? Yeah, there was a display. I don't know okay. if they were actually. Yeah, or, you know, yeah, thought, they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, and it was like that era of, of pop, yeah. teeny bop music, and it was like, why don't they have a display for David? Well, no, they did at no. one time. They had a Partridge Family display case. Yes, I don't know if it's still uh, there, but they did eventually get a Partridge one. Not too long ago, actually. Oh, I was going to say I missed it. Yeah, you <laughs> must have missed it. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, here's another thing. I wanted to ask you about Rim Taley. Is Tiley or Tally? Rim Taley. Taley. Yes. Rim Taley. Yeah. Uh, tell yeah. us about that. It's a uh, it's a Thai restaurant that uh, my wife is the uh, brains and beauty behind. Uh, <laughs> she, she's the uh, chef, and uh, we opened it over thirteen years ago, and uh, and have made it. Uh, and it's <laughs> it's excellent food. It's a very quaint little place. Uh, there are only uh, seven tables inside and like six tables outside. Oh, that is and, that is quaint and intimate. Yeah, very very nice. Uh, you know, and it's got a view of the ocean, and uh, it, it's a, it's a cool little place. Uh, which uh, you know, we're real proud of ourselves that we've survived a lot of a lot of challenges over the last thirteen years. Oh, you've gone through a lot, haven't you? COVID. You COVID, survived COVID. Construction and- on the street, which put a wall up in front of us for ten months. Wow. Uh, we, we opened it up and during the recession 
so it was, you know, one thing after another. And, uh, but, it, you know, it's, it's a neat, it's a nice community that we're in that's starting to get gentrified, you know, because it's a little beach town. And, uh, you know, I hope it doesn't get too gentrified. You know, I don't, <laughs> hope that the planning people uh, do it right. You know, but uh, well, you know, I hope so too. City yeah. planners like the revenue, exactly. So. Yeah. So, as far as dishes go, is it I'm trying to? I've had Thai once in my lifetime, <laughs> and it was very, very hot and spicy. Uh, is there something on the menu for everyone, or is all the dishes pretty much made with no, the same type uh, of spices? There, first of all, uh, there's dishes that are not spicy. And then there's a level of spice that you can get. Some dishes, like the curry dishes, have a little bit of inherent heat because of the curry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's very moderate. Uh, and uh, it, it's, yeah, you could, we're kind of a, a fusion of, of Thai in that it's from different regions of, uh, of Thailand. Because my wife is born in Laos. And... Uh, and she yeah, has no, a you don't, big... you don't have to get you don't have to get hot hot. Okay. And, uh, well, if I come really there, depends. then I, yeah. If I come there, Sam, just know I'm going to not want hot hot. Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No. It's. Uh, I don't. I, I. I hardly add any any heat anymore. The older I get, the less heat I can take yeah. gastrointestinally. Exactly. It's, so it's like okay, you know, you try the people that seem to order the hottest are the non-Thai people. Really, yeah, it's like it's like a macho thing, you know. Like <laughs> that's they, why those are uh, hot chicken places are 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 the craze right now. Oh my! Uh, Dave's hot chicken or angry chicks, and they make if you order a ten, they make you sign a waiver. And oh my! All this stuff, you know, and it's it's and it's mostly young young diners that that do that. I was going to say you know? it has to and be. And they're paying fourteen dollars for a $5 sandwich you can get at Popeye's or something, you know, but oh it's, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a gimmick, you know, or people think like Mexican food all has to be hot and spicy and, and they're different level, different regions said it's not. So it's the same thing with Thai. Okay. Speaking of your wife, now her name is short. Her nickname is Pony. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. P-O-N-I-E. That's what I thought. I thought it was, it was Pony. So she has an interesting story of how she came to to America. Can you tell us about that, or is, is that too personal? Well, briefly, I mean, she had to uh, escape her country when it fell to the communists. Oh, boy. And when she was 18, and uh, she had to... Uh, I'll make the story real short. She had to cross the Mekong River, and she didn't know how to swim, so she floated with a, a trash bag filled with air, and the Lao army was tipped off that these kids were escaping the country and were shooting at them. Oh my. And, uh, she got, they made it to the other side of the river and, uh, were met by the Thai army, uh, cause they heard the gunshots and they took them to a village where they had to stay overnight sitting in a circle where all the villagers were circled around them. And then she was taken to a refugee camp where it took her nine months to, uh, get to the United States uh, because uh, she got uh, political asylum uh, to come here and had uh, two sisters and a brother here already. And that was, jeez, uh, 40 years ago, 40 plus years ago. My goodness. 
Well, what a blessing that she survived and was able to come here and, you know, live here and meet you and and live happily ever after with you. (laughs) Yeah, no, she's, uh, you know, she has, uh, you know, an extraordinary background and uh, she's not a spoiled American, so she was willing to take the chance on opening a restaurant. I was very hesitant. And, uh, you know, she just said, you know, what, what, what happens? You know, what's the worst that can happen? I said, we lose our life savings. She said, well, then we start over. Wow. That's a great attitude. (laughs) Yeah. And it's at 60 years old. The thought of starting over was not on my to-do list, but, uh, but we did it and made it. So. Well, you've definitely done a great job because it seems to be thriving. I I, I hear reports from Denise Ames, your friend Denise Ames, Uh tells me about it and um, coming and visiting with you and talking with you. So it sounds like you're doing a wonderful job, you and um, Pony both. Um, Well, thank you. So, uh, well, Sam, it was wonderful talking to you. Okay, I hope I gave you a little good information there. You sure did. You sure did. You know, I have to tell you, uh, your website is hard to get on without, like, you get these warnings, like, uh, you're you're going to be hacked or you're hacked. And oh my, I did not know that. Open this thing up, you know, to get this anti-hacking device, and uh, you know, I immediately shut my computer down, re-did it, and then went, you know, and I actually went in because you were right, I couldn't get in with that uh, the first uh, thing you gave me, and so I I looked it up. And went in and I was able to like, okay, I'm starting. And now I want to see what they're saying about David. You know, I was scrolling and the, another thing came up to get well, like an antivirus look, thing. Well, so I will look into that. want to check into or have somebody Absolutely. check into. Well, thank you for that. I definitely will look into that. I had no idea. So, but you've given us some wonderful fond memories of, you know, of your life with David and, you know, you as well and your wife. And, um... I hope to visit <laughs> Oceanside, California someday and meet you in person and uh, eat at your restaurant. Well, uh, you're, you're welcome. Let oh, us know. You that would be number. great, Sam. Okay. okay. Well, right. you have a great day, Sam. It was good talking you to well. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.